podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Worth the cost. Matthew chapter 8 verse 18 through 22 is where we're going to have a look this morning. But I'm sure you've all noticed how everything appears to have gone up in price. Now this is not to drag you down this morning. But nevertheless, it's worth parting with so that you can feel this weight too. <laughs> Honestly, they reckon the, the average fuel tank costs 17 pounds more to fill up. I mean, that's ridiculous, ridiculous. Gas and electricity, they've all gone up. There are no good deals anymore, have you noticed? Terrible. Even the supermarket chains, how rude. Even stuff on the shelves has gone up. Living costs have made life essentially just that little bit more complicated. You know the budget that you put together? Yeah, it takes a little bit more maths now to try and make it go that little bit further. But these are the times that we live in. Truthfully though, everything costs. Everything costs, right? Romans chapter 3 and verse 21 through 25. You thought I was going to start in Matthew, didn't you? (laughs) Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through 25. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I highlight that verse very often, Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, and all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Hang on a minute. And are all justified Freely, by his grace, given through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood. Now, I'll ask the question again. Everything costs, right? Well, truthfully, you see, everything does cost, but there is something that is free. The grace of God is free, being given what we do not deserve. We see that in verse 24. We are all justified as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are justified freely by his grace. We are given, church, what we do not deserve. The grace of God is free. Justification for our sins is given by God through the Lord Jesus Christ who has dealt with our sin and our shame on the cross. Of course though, church, the gift is absolutely free. 
but it cost Jesus his life. The gift is free, but it cost Jesus his life. It cost death on a cross. It cost separation from God. It costs God's just wrath as the sins of you and I were dealt with at Calvary. So there was a cost. We just didn't pay it. There was a cost, but you and I didn't have to pay it. Yet, I can receive the gift of life because of what Jesus has done, free of charge. If you ever see that on anything that says f.o.c, grab it. Free of charge. This is what God has done for you and for me. He has given the gift of life through the Lord Jesus Christ. He has paid the price so that I, so that you, do not have to. The cost of living indeed has gone up. But salvation is still free. Amen? Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew chapter 8, sorry, verse 18 through 23. And I've titled uh, the message this morning, Worth the Cost. And it's titled here in the NIV, The Cost of Following Jesus. Matt, you said it was free. You said it was free. There's no fibbing from the pulpit. So what are we looking at here? Before we read the passage, let's just piece together the last couple of weeks. Maybe you've been around, maybe uh, you haven't. But simply we've had a look in some previous chapters at Jesus teaching these people that were around about him truth of life. He's teaching them how we're to go about our day to day, how to live according to what the word says. He said to us, as we looked uh, a couple of weeks ago, that we don't need to worry. Who, by worrying, can add a single hour to their life? And the answer is, well, nobody. In fact, worrying sort of takes away the years, doesn't it? But we're to have faith and trust in God. We're to put faith and trust in action that says God has got it all in control. I don't know what the next steps are, but by the grace of God, he does. Amen. He knows what the next steps look like. Then last week, we navigate, uh, navigated through the difficulties of building. And there are some difficulties. There are difficulties when it comes to building things right. Making sure that our foundation is right. That our life is built on Christ and Christ alone. Who is a firm and solid foundation. That we know the word. That we apply the word. And we saw that those things match up in word and deed. Who I say I am is who I actually am. That who we say we are is who we really are. So now then, as we read Matthew chapter 8, 18 through 22, didn't take me too long to get there. Matthew chapter 8, 18 through 22, we have a clearer picture then of what Jesus is saying in order to apply this word today to our lives. Because that's imperative, isn't it? 
Remember, we're, uh, we're looking at word and deed. We're looking at applying what the word says. So tomorrow that I can apply this in a way that glorifies God, that brings praise to him. Listen then, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Now, if that doesn't prick your interest, if there's a crowd around you, Jesus... Why are you going to the other side of the lake? Surely you want the crowd. I'll leave that with you a second. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. He's pretty sure, isn't he? Jesus replied to him in verse 20, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus, of course, referring to himself, His title for himself is the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Verse 21, another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. That seems fair. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Wow. (laughs) Awkward moment there. First of all, then, a teacher of the law comes to Jesus and he says, teacher, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Your teaching is way better than mine. So I want to follow you. I want to do what you do. I want to go where you go. He seems pretty certain in what he's saying, doesn't it? He seems pretty resolute with the outcome. I want to follow you wherever you go. Now, I would expect, and I I reckon you're the same, for Jesus to say, let's do this. But he doesn't. In fact, Jesus gives the man the reality of the situation. He says to him, look, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus is giving this guy here a reality check. This man is a teacher of the law. He is a Jew. And Jesus is saying, right, you're saying you want to follow me. Have you seen what happens? You know the reality of following me because you know your job that you've got teaching the law, it's done. You know the family that you have, they will have nothing to do with you. The home that you've made for yourself, it's over. And the man's like, well, when I said anywhere, (laughs) you know, the other side of the lake is a bit far for me. You see, Jesus is saying, giving the man a reality check, and he's saying to the man, look, that when you want to follow me with your whole heart, then you're willing to put me first. And whatever that looks like, well, then that's what it looks like. We don't doubt for a second that God cares for us and he wants the best for us. But if we have a mindset that has one hand on this over here, but says, yeah, no, no, I'm coming, but uh, I'm just waiting for these to move with me. You see, the reality is Jesus is saying to him, look, if you want to step, you've got to step. But when you step, know that it changes everything. There's a reality to it. 
There's a reality to it. It's not just something that we tag onto our lives and I say, well, I'm a Christian. We looked at it last week. Prove it. There's a reality to what we're supposed to be doing on a day-to-day basis. You know, church, I'm convinced as well that there are so many people that come to church, that listen and hear, but are sat in this same position, that are sitting right here in that sense of, I'm there, my mind says, look, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you want, but on Monday I've got work. (laughs) Now, I work as well. Don't think I'm naive. What I'm saying is that we have to understand that we put God first. So when I'm at work, I'm still um, a Christian. That when I go out with friends, that I'm still a Christian. When I'm mixing with my social groups, that I'm still a Christian. That I am who I say I am. Doesn't matter what setting I am in, that God is right there with me. That Christ is the centre of my life. Amen? This is the reality of who we're supposed to be, else we're just playing at it. And I don't want to play at it. I want to stand before my maker and know that the blood of Jesus is enough. I want to know that he says to me, come in, my good and faithful servant. Isn't that what we want? Not like, dude, who are you? Oh, uh, well, the lake was a bit far. (laughs) There's a reality to who we're supposed to be. Who Jesus has called us to be. What Jesus has done for us. And for this guy, we don't get the ins and outs. But it looks to me as though the reality was just a little bit too real. And we don't seem to hear any more because the costs seem to be too high. And then another disciple comes to Jesus. And it seems to me like a really... Fair request. But of course there's some understanding to be gleaned from it. As Jesus has said to this man in verse 20, Foxes have dens, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, verse 21, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Well, do we know this guy's situation? Well, his dad might not even be anywhere near death. Now, his his father could have been, but nevertheless, it's about putting Jesus first, isn't it? What Jesus is saying here isn't heartless, it's that faith and action, it's that trust and faith, that obedience to, to living life for Christ that says, look, whatever happens tomorrow, should the worst happen for this man here, if that happens, then I'm in the right place because I'm walking with Jesus. Amen? Amen. That I'm in the right place because I am walking with Jesus. And when we look at that, we see it and we think, it seems really difficult. Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. Well, it's quite difficult. Don't you think? But again, Jesus is saying, if you follow me, We're taking hold of life that is truly life. And what we need to do is live a life that gives a testimony that says, I am saved, redeemed, set free, not by anything I could do, but by what Christ has done for me. So you and I, as we step into tomorrow, we're to live in such a way so that our friends and our family know who we are. 
The disciple in the moment lacks faith and trust, but I do think that God sees his heart. Different to the first man, we get a little bit of an outcome. Have a look at the address. Have a look at the address. The first guy comes to Jesus and he says, teacher. What was this man familiar with? Teachers. It's what he knew. He is a teacher of the law. Now what he's done in this situation is gleaned that Jesus is a far better teacher than he is. And he is worth following. So he's gone, teacher, listen, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus says, I'm not sure you will. And the man's like, no, you're right again. This has not gone well. The second guy comes to him and the address is so different. The address is so different. He says to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. You see, the clue is in the address. The disciple, the second guy, we see that he had put Jesus in his rightful place. He put him as Lord of his life. Jesus says in Luke 6 and verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? It's impossible. They don't marry up. You cannot call him Lord and not do as he says, else he's not your Lord, is he? That's the reality of the situation. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? And we're back to our wise and foolish builders that we saw last week. You either build on a firm foundation or you don't. It's really simple. He's Lord or he isn't. He is Lord of your life or he isn't. You can't simply say and not do. It's that word and it's that deed in action. They have to match. It's faith and obedience that says, Lord, what you say goes. And the address gives it all for us. Church, our challenge is, and the second man, he's so human. First, let me go and bury my father. And God's like, do you think I don't know? Do you think I'm not aware? Do you think I'm not alert? Do you think I don't know what's going off? Of course I do. And Jesus says to him, follow me. Everything else will fall into place. Put me first. Church for us, as Christians in a New Testament church, we have the joy of knowing that the price, the cost was high for my salvation, eh? I couldn't afford it, and neither could you. But Jesus has paid that ultimate price for my salvation but what I have to do is put him first what I have to do is put my faith and my trust in him the gift is free but it costs to live for Christ make no mistake about it we have to put him first in everything that we do and I know like you do that is not easy 
But that's our reality. That's what we're to look into the word. That's why we're to pray. That's why we're to seek the Lord in everything that we do. We're to put him first. Our challenge is, is to live for Christ on a Monday through a Sunday and all over again. God willing, sharing with those around about us the joy of our salvation. Amen. The price, church, has been paid. The question for you is, is the cost worth it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we again just want to thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for its challenge. Father, we don't just want to come along on Sunday and, and in a sense be sort of fluffed up so that we can go away. But Father, we want to be challenged by your word. We want it to grow us, to shape us. Father, we want you to mould us into what you want us to be. We just thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to care about us in this way, to give us the meat to the bones, to encourage us to go deeper, to encourage us to grow in you. Father, we want to be a church that shines bright for you. We want to be a church that reaches people for Christ. Father, we want to be a church where we know and understand that if we're not firmly rooted in you, that if our foundation is not set on Christ, that, Father, we have no chance Father, I pray that you would help us to be firmly fixed. Father, you'd help us to be rooted in you, to be rooted in the word. And Father, that we'd be built up, ready to serve you however you see fit. We ask all of these prayers in and through our Saviour's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.